Today's daf is Lamed Vav in Pesachim. We are six lines from the top on Lamed Vav Amud Aleph. We left off yesterday discussing different uh, kinds of um, flour that could be used or couldn't be used for matzah because it has either some other prohibition like tevel or uh, it has other restrictions on it uh, that therefore um, limit its use for matzah. So this Braita says, very logical, you, should, you would think that a person should be able to use Maser Sheni Birushalayim. Why? Because you're allowed to eat Maser Sheni Birushalayim. So in other words, what is the mitzvah of Maser Sheni? You bring the, the different uh, produce with you to Yerushalayim. If you can't bring it to Yerushalayim, so you redeem it for money and you bring the money to Yerushalayim. But essentially, you know, the mitzvah is that you bring it and you eat it in Yerushalayim. If you bring the money, you buy food and you eat it in Yerushalayim. The point is that Maser Sheni... You, uh, you eat it in Yerushalayim. That's where you're supposed to eat it. So what's the problem making it into matzah? It says you would think you could do that. But Talmud Lomar, lechem oni. He says the pasuk is lechem oni. Bread of affliction. Ma shenechal ba'aninut. Yatsa zeh sheno nechal ba'aninut ala besimcha. Divra Rabbi Yosei Aglili. Here Rabbi Yosei Aglili is being machmir. He's saying that it says that maser sheni lo achalti be'oni mimenu. That's the pasuk. Pasuk in Barashat Kitavo. It's the Aleph. Right. So sometimes with, with Rashot, they switch the Aleph and the Ayin. So it says lo achalti be'oni mimenu. Even though they pronounce the Ayin because it says in Masechet Megillah, it talks about it, Kohen, they can't say the Ayin that he said, where he flips around the Ayin and Aleph. It's a problem. But, the, uh, but, the, but, but they knew that there were people who did that. And so in Drashot, a lot of times they switch so beoni means uh, suffering. No, baaninut. Right, betzal. So it says lo achal means that maser sheni has to be eaten besimcha, which means a person who is an onen cannot eat it. So if a person, God forbid, he loses a relative and he's in the time of aninut, so just like you're not allowed to eat meat during that time, drink wine during that time, also you can't eat maser sheni. And one of the mitzvot is lo achalti beoni mimenu. So since it says lechem oni, it's bread that's eaten of affliction, affliction bread. So you can't use maser sheni. That's what Rabbi Yosei says. Rabbi Akiva doesn't agree with. This. He says, Rabbi Akiva Omer, Matzot, Matzot, Riba. The fact that it says Matzot in two places, it doubles the word Matzot. As we're going to see in the upcoming uh, Gemara, he, he, he's going to explain in more detail. But basically, the word Matzot that the, uh, is, is to include, is to come to include also Maser uh, Sheni. So he disagrees with it. So then the question is, Imken Matal Mulomar Lechemoni. So uh, Rabbi Akiva will tell you that the that the uh, the pasuk of lechem oni is coming to tell you that you can't use matzah that was kneaded with wine or oil or honey because he takes oni to mean it as as opposed to osher. In other words, a person who's wealthy, they'll mix the flour with the wine and honey and other good liquids. And the poor person, he just has water. So he says, that's what, that's what Lechem Oni tells you. So then the question is, what is Rabbi Akiva? What is Rabbi Akiva's reasoning? Mikitiv Lechem Oni, Ani Kitiv. It doesn't say Lechem Oni like the word Oni, Lo Chalti Oni Mimenu. Why? Because it's not written with a Vav. It's written without the Vav. So if you look at the Pasuk, it looks like it says Lechem Ani. The bread of the poor person, whereas Rabbi uh, Yosef Lili is interpreting it as only, uh, meaning in both senses, in terms of tsar, he's taking it to mean sadness, right? As if it were written with Aleph, Vav, Nun. It's written Ayin, Nun, Yod, which li- literally reads as Ani, poor person bread. So Rabbi Akiva is saying, that's why I'm taking it not to mean that you're not allowed to eat it at a time of sadness. I'm taking it to mean that, you, that it has to be, it can't be made in a way of a rich person with, uh, you know, kneaded with uh, liquids that are a wealthy person. 
Okay, so then Rabbi Yosef, We don't read it as Ani, we read it as Oni. So what's the problem? He says, even though it's true that it's written Ayin Nun Yud without a Vav, but we read it as Oni, Lechem Oni. So it's Oni also, it reminds us of Lo Achadibi Oni Mimenu, which means uh, suffering. So, th- so it should be that, it, that Maser Shini will not be able to be used. That's another thing. That's like what Shmuel said. Damar Shmuel, very famous. Very, very famous. Uh, 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 we see it. We're going to see it again in this Masechet. That what does Lechem Oni mean? Lechem Sheonim You say a lot of things over the Matzah. Right? And that's why you're supposed to uncover the Matzah. They, they bring from this that you're supposed to uncover. It always says not going to uncover the Matzah. You, certain times you cover it. Sometimes you uncover it. Because you're supposed to say words over the Matzah. That's why Sheonim Alav. Here Onim La'anot means to say Things over the matzah, she says the haggadah. You say the halel and so on over the matzah. That's why it says oni, according to uh, Rabbi Akiva, instead of ani, which would mean a poor person. Literally, mean a poor person. Okay. Now, Rabbi Akiva isa sheni Does Rabbi Akiva really? Say? So basically, up to now, what are we saying? We're saying that according to Rabbi Yosei you cannot use maser sheni in Yerushalayim. For matzah, why? Because since there's a restriction on eating maser sheni in a state of aninut, in a sad state, and it's called lechem oni, bread of affliction, so that means it cannot be matzah. Maser sheni cannot be matzah. Rabbi Akiva says, no, that's just coming to tell you lechem ani, that the that the bread or the matzah has to be made only with water, not with other liquids that are considered rich. Okay, that's the way that, and, and then what does he do with the word oni? He says, that's telling you lechem she'onim alav dvarim uh, that you say a lot of things about the matzah, right? Because you speak, you say the Haggadah over the matzah. But then the question is, does Rabbi Akiva really say you can't knead with these other liquids? The Baita says you cannot knead a dough on Pesach with wine, oil, and honey. What if you did anyway? Rabban Gamliel says burn it right away, meaning it's automatic chametz. If you use any of these things, automatic chametz. The Chachamim say, no, you can eat it. Okay, Rabbi Akiva said, so there's three, seemingly there's, so the, the, the Tanakh Kama is saying you're not allowed to do it l'chatchila. The question is, what do you do if you did it already? Rabban Gamliel says, you have to burn it. It's no good. It's chametz. Chachamim say it's not chametz. He says, one time I spent the Shabbat of Pesach by Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yoshua. And I made for them a dough with wine, oil, and honey. They didn't say anything to me, meaning it wasn't a problem. Right? So, so you see from this that Rabbi Akiva is not having a problem with, uh, uh, with, with making this kind of uh, matzah. Because he said, I made for them, uh, I made for them honey and oil and wine in the, in the matzah. And even though you're not allowed to knead with, the, uh, with uh, wine, oil, and honey, mikatfin means that like, after you make the dough, sometimes you sprinkle on it certain things. Right? So he says you could sprinkle on it, uh, th- th- these liquids. Atan the Tanakaman. That's going back to the Tanakaman, meaning because Rabbi Akiva is saying you can even knead with it. It's no problem at all. Tanakaman is saying don't knead with it. Ravan Gamliel says it makes chametz. Chachamim say it doesn't make chametz. You shouldn't have done it, but you know, now that it's done, just eat it. Right? Rabbi Akiva says no, you can even do it. But even according to the Tanakaman that said you're not supposed to knead with it, he says if you knead with regular water and then you want to sprinkle some honey, sprinkle some, afterwards it's okay, says the Tanakama. The Chachamim say, no, you shouldn't even do that. So we have basically um, the following opinions. Rabbi Akiva says you can even knead 
the dough with honey, oil, and uh, wine. It's no problem. Then you have, you have Rabban Gamliel that says, not only can you not do it, if you did it, it's going to be chametz. And then you have the Tanakh. He says it's going to be chametz. You have to burn it. It's already chametz? It's, already all, it's very fast rising chametz. It's going to be chametz. You have to burn it. He says, he says miyad. Right away yeah, you have to burn it's it. It's not no, it will become, meaning very fast to become chametz. There's no way you can guard it. There's no way you can prevent it, according to Rabbi, Rabbi Angel. That's one extreme, right? Rabbi Akiva is saying the, the opposite extreme. Not only can you do it, do it. It's delicious. Do it, and it's great. You know? And then Rabbi Angel says, it's chametz. Right? And, then the, and then the Tanakh Kamaj says, so the Chachamim say, you shouldn't have done it, but if you did it already... You can eat it, Rabban but don't do it. Not according to Rabban Gamliel. It's a, it's ah, a machloket, obviously. Right, yeah. So the, so the, right, so the, Tanakam, the difference between the Tanakhama and the Chachamim is that the Tanakhama says you can't knead with it, but you could, split, you could splash some on the dough if you want, after it's already kneaded. Lash, lalush. Lalush. Lashim et batek. Kneed, K-N-E-A-D. In English, it's a knead. Lisha. Lisha. But yeah, so when you so it, it can't be mixed in. The point is, it can't be mixed in, but you could sprinkle it on the top, according to the Tanakh. Chachamim is saying, no, don't even sprinkle it on the top. But both of them are, don't say what the outcome is, right? In other words, according to the Tanakh, you can knead it together, but you could sprinkle it on top. Chachamim say, don't even do that, but you could eat it if you already did it. Rabban Gamliel is saying, no, if you did it, if you if you put if you mix it together, it's chametz. Rabbi Akiva says, not only is it not chametz, it's delicious. You should do it. Okay. Now, so what's the point? So that so so, but didn't he? just say above that lechem oni means, so lechem oni means that uh, you're not allowed to, uh, means lechem shel ani, you're not allowed to put any of these things in there. Right, so it says, and they all agree that you can't use warm water, okay, you have to use, you're not allowed to use warm water for, uh, for uh, uh, kneading the dough, because the warm water will uh, rise faster, okay, yeah, but yeah. yeah. But the point is lakasha. So the question is, what about Rabbi Akiva? Because Rabbi Akiva said lechemoni means you can't use wine and you can't use honey and you can't use oil. But then he says you can. No, he said lechemoni means you cannot. Now, so how come here he's saying you can? He's saying not only you can. He's saying I did it and it was delicious. It was good, right? So yeah, lakasha. Now this really is. No, this really is, a, is, is important. I think the pshat is like this. The pshat, there are many different opinions about it, but I'm going to tell you what I think the simple pshat is this. It means for the first night where you have to have a mitzvah of eating matzah, you cannot use matzah that is mixed with other things. Like you can't use, nobody would say, everyone agrees on this. You cannot use matzah with any other liquids in it for, for the mitzvah of matzah. The, but what Rabbi Akiva is saying is the shabbati, Meaning the Shabbat in the middle of Pesach, I made them this matzah for, uh, for a side dish or whatever. It's okay. Why? Because during the rest of Pesach, the only thing is asur lechol chametz. You can't eat chametz, but you don't need to eat matzah. It's not a mitzvah to eat matzah. So on the, that's what it means. Tov Rishon means for the, for the seder, right? For the seder, you, you can't use, uh, lechem, uh, you know, uh, matzah shira, we call it. Right? The rich matzah, you can't use it. Because it's not, it has to be lechem oni. It has to be pure, just water and flour. But for the... Huh? Some people say that for the whole thing, you're not supposed to use it. Some people say just for the mitzvah. Some people say for the whole meal, you're not supposed to use it. Okay. Right. Some people say the whole first day, you shouldn't use it as a, as a you know, like a semel, at lechem oni. But the simple pshat seems like it means the night of, right? Okay. So then, so then it's not a contradiction. Like, Rabbi Yoshua said to his sons, Don't make me 
any, uh, don't mix the flour with milk on the first day, but after that you can mix me some dairy matzah. Right? If you want to make some milk matzah, instead of water, instead of yayin v'shemen, they use milk. Says Vatani, didn't we learn the right in a brighta? We learned this before, actually. You're not allowed to make dairy bread. You're not allowed to make meat bread. So why would you make dairy matzah? So it says, He said, Don't bake for me matzah mixed with honey the first day. But he meant honey, not, not, not milk. That's one possibility. It could be that he even meant dairy. But means that the eye of a shor, the eye of an ox, meaning if you make a small amount that you're going to eat it in one sitting, it's okay. So in other words, dairy bread, you can't make a loaf of dairy bread. Why? Because you're going to leave it there. You know it's dairy, so you had it with the cream cheese. And then you leave, and the next guy comes in and says, oh, I'm going to have my hamburger, a delicious bread. He doesn't. But if you make just a one-person serving, right? So it says, like the eye of an ox. It means like one small thing you make for yourself. You made for yourself one little dough with some milk, and you make a little thing. So then it's okay, because it's just one person. Nobody's going to get confused with that. Right? So that's what he meant. The meat, you mean? Yeah. No, the same thing. It's the same thing. Exactly. Same thing. It always has to be part. It always has to be part of the bread. Yeah, yeah, always. Part. Yeah. Same concern. You're going to mix it around. You're going to put butter on it. In this, yeah, same, same concern. Before we had that with the meat, we had that before. That was what we had before because we talked about the oven that they put the fat of the animal on it, and that how it was it was it was prohibited the bread because of the fat of the animal that they put on the oven. So now, you can't use warm water. So, why is it different than we learned in Menachot? It's the opposite. With a Menachot, we know that, that Mincha, the offerings of the Mincha, are also not allowed to be Chametz. They also have to be Matzah. So, even though it sounds like they're very, you know, when you read it, it sounds like very delicious, but actually it was never, it never rose. It was always Matzah. We learned about this. Well, we learned Menachot. Uh, the only exception was the Shteyalechem Shal Shavuot, the two, and the, and the Koban Todah. Has some uh, has some loaves of chametz, but everything else is matzah, right? And, and it says uh, that uh, so all of the menachot they, they used actually a lukewarm type of a water, not hot water, but they used a lukewarm water, and it should say umishamran, and they would guard them shiloyich mitzvus, they wouldn't become chametz. Okay, so the so you see over there that even though they used warm water. They weren't concerned that it was going to become chametz. So why do we have to be concerned? Uh, probably the Kwanim are watching it or the Tarek or something. I don't know. So that's, what that's exactly right. Imam Rubaz right? If you say that about the people who are very careful, like the Kwanim, you can't say the same thing about average person. Remember, back then, everyone made their own matzah. They didn't go to the, the, the bakery or uh, Chabad. They made the, the, or wherever, you know, Satmar or, or whoever makes matzah. Mo- yeah, but, but most people nowadays they buy it from somewhere. Some people make their own matzah even now, but most people don't, right? So if that's true, so why can't we also soak? They used to soak the grain itself. They would soak briefly the um, the the wheat or whatever before grinding it up, and it helped it, I guess, become finer flour. So why couldn't we do that? So why did they not allow you to do that for the menachot? Because the whole concern is that they're going to become chametz, right? So if you so if you're telling me that it's okay to use warm water because we're not concerned that the kohanim will allow it to become chametz if they make it if they prepare it in the bet so why are they not allowing you to soak the wheat? That's also good for it. So it says no, that's different because the shavuot rizin 
Because they wouldn't do that in the Beit HaMikdash. In other words, what did they, they started in the Beit HaMikdash from the process of the uh, preparation of the Mincha, but they would bring them the flour. So if they brought them the flour already and they soaked the grain at home, so they don't know what's been going on with this flour up till now. Right? This is before the Lisha, before the actual kneading of the dough. So that was when the Kohanim get involved. But up till then, the Kohanim are not involved. So they, don't, they can't be watching it. Are you telling me that even the kneading of the dough is done by the, the best of the best? We know that the preparation of the Mincha was done before. The Kohen only has to do starting from the Kmitzah. Kmitzah is when he takes the handful of the Mincha to put it on the Mizbeach. Everything up to then could be done by whoever. It has to be Jewish people, whatever, but, you know, it doesn't have to be done by the Kohanim. So how do you know they're being so careful about the rising of the dough and making sure it's not going to be chametz all that? It's not actually Kohanim. So what's the answer? The answer is because uh, we said, So that just tells you that the pouring and the mixing and everything else with the mincha could be done with anybody. So Right, so the point is that even though the mincha didn't have to be made, in other words, the kohanim didn't have to do the baking. They didn't have to do the baking. But they, it was done on the premises of the kohanim. Right? That's why it says, the blila could be done, meaning they can do the mixing and everything. It doesn't have to be a kohen. Bizarre. But bizarre, it's a non-kohen. But but it can't be done outside the Beit HaMikdash. Meaning it's always on the premises of the Kohanim. So even if they don't physically have to do it, they can see it, they're around. Right? But but when the flour comes in, the flour comes in as flour. It doesn't come in as grain. So that means that somebody prepared it outside. So we can't have them soaking the grain because we don't know what they did and whether they did it carefully enough. But anything that's done on the premises of the Beit HaMikdash, we're more confident. What about the Minchata Omer? Minchata Omer is made out of barley. It also has to be um, guarded from chametz. It cannot become chametz. It says, It says over there that the Minchata Omer, they soak it actually. They soak the grain. And then they gather it together, meaning they, they soak it in water and they pull it together so that all the water will run off. Okay, before they take it to the next step, and that when they uh, when they have to uh, cook it and all that, yeah, yeah. yeah so the, so they would. So it says, what's the difference? That is tibur shani because almost every mincha is a minchat yachid. Almost every mincha is brought by an individual, except for like minchat nesachim that goes together with the korbanot. But most most minachot are brought by individuals. But minchat uh, haomer is done by, by, for the tzibur, so the community. So every step of that is under the supervision of the betin, from the harvesting of the grain to the soaking. To the, it's never going to be done by an individual. Most minachot, however, are done brought by individuals as contributions, and this and that. So therefore, they have to be more strict about what they did at home. Okay, so that's it. No, it cannot be chametz. Why? No, because then they start preparing it. Not berega. It takes time. No, but the, the moment that you put it, you put it the grain in water. Right. No, it still takes minutes. time. It still takes eighteen, twenty minutes, whatever, to start minutes. to to be a problem. The same thing. So, so, so soaking. They do it, they soak it. As long as it's still moving around, first of all, they say it doesn't really start. That's why the lisha, as long as they're doing the lisha, they're actually touching the dough. It doesn't become chametz. Once they take it out of the, once they let go of it, so that's when it starts to rise. So if they're moving it around and stuff like that, it won't be a problem. It's just that, that if they leave it and they neglect it, that'll be a problem. So they're saying that since it's done under the auspices of Beit they don't have to worry about it becoming a chametz. So from soaking till, till grinding, 
I don't. They're doing it right away because it's uh, that's the whole point. It's under the supervision of the Beit They're not going to waste time. They're going to move it right over there. They're going to do the next step right away. If they didn't do the next step right away, that would be a problem. So that's why they can't let people do it at home because they don't know what they're doing. You might think that you can use Bikurim. You bring the first fruits, the seven perot of Eretz Israel for Bikurim. Right? So one of the seven fruits, obviously, is wheat, wheat, barley. So you could use, so they could be matzav. It says, Bikurim, you can't, it says, you might think you could use that. Talmud lama, bechol moshevotechem. Tochelu matzot. It says you should eat matzot in all of your dwelling places. Matan nechelu bechol moshevotechem. So Bikurim, shein nechelu bechol moshevotechem. Bikurim cannot be eaten anywhere. They can only be eaten in Yerushalayim. So therefore, since it has a limit of space, but, uh, yeah, but since it has a limit of space, but he can invite you over to eat it. It doesn't have kedusha. It's not like Shumah. Not like Shumah. So he can invite you over. But the point is that Bikurim have to be eaten in, in, in Yerushalayim. And they belong to the Kohen. But he has to be eaten in Yerushalayim. So therefore, since it has a limitation of where it can be taken, so therefore it should not be able to be Matzah, because Matzah has to be something that could be eaten anywhere in the world. So it has to be Bechol Moshe Votechem. Okay, so Bikurim won't work. What? I guess so. But, uh, yeah. Bikurim, you have to bring the wheat itself. So he makes it into matzah if he wants to. That's the point. No, but he's not allowed to use it for the mitzvah. They didn't usually do that. They brought uh, they brought the actual fruit so and they give it to him. Yeah, they give it to him. Even yeah, they yeah, they give it to him, and then the kohen does whatever he wants with it if he wants. Right? That that's that's the Rabbi Yosef Glili. So Rabbi Yosef Glili says no maser sheni. He says no bikurim for matzah. You can't use any of these for matzah. Rabbi Akiva Omer he actually he says matzah. Umaror, he says, Matan Maror connected to each other. Ma Maror she'eno Bikurim. Av Matan she'eno Bikurim. He actually agrees with him. He says, just like Maror cannot be Bikurim because the species of Maror is not one of the seven fruits of Eretz Israel. So too, Matan should not be Bikurim. Right? So to the Gemara says, but I Ma Maror she'eno Bikurim. Bikurim. Av Matan she'eno Bikurim. Bikurim. So if that's true, just like Maror is from a type that there is no Bikurim, maybe also matzah should only be from a type of grain that there's no Bikurim. Maybe according to that then, wheat and barley shouldn't be able to be used for matzah at all. Right? So, so then what are you going to use? So Talmud Lomar, matzot, matzot, riba, the pasuk matzot tells you that it's to include, it's to expand the category. We expand the category of matzah to tell you that even in the, uh, uh, even in the, uh, uh, you know, even the uh, wheat and barley, even though wheat and barley are grains that are used for bikurim, uh, they can be used for matzah. So that's that's how Rabbi Akiva says. The point is that really he would have he would have agreed with it. He would have said, "Yeah, you're right. Uh, anything that could be bikurim shouldn't be able to be matzah." But we have a pasuk matzot that tells you that it could be okay. But then the question is, "I matzot matzot riba afil bikurim nami." So then, why don't you include the bikurim too? Well, how do you know that it only includes the species of bikurim? Maybe it includes any bikurim. Actually, the Bikurim themselves, meaning that you gave this wheat to the Kohen, so why can't he use it for Matzah? So it says, you know what, you're right. That Hadar be Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva actually retracted this drasha and went to agree with Rabbi Yosei drasha. He said, you don't have to, it's not based upon the fact that wheat and barley are a species. It's not based on the species, it's based on Bechol Makom. Exactly. Which is, and we're going to see that. Um, you might have thought that a person could use Bikurim. It says, in all of your dwelling places, eat Matzah. Matzah nechel Bechol Moshavot. Right? It only 
Matzadah can be eaten anywhere. Yatzu Bikurim, Sheinan Nechalim, Chol Moshavot, Ela Yerushalayim, which excludes Bikurim that can only be eaten in Yerushalayim. Yachol Shani Motzi Af Maser Sheni. Maybe you'll say, then therefore I should exclude Maser Sheni because Maser Sheni can only be eaten in Yerushalayim. Talmud Lomar Matzot Matzot Riba. The Pasuk Matzot comes to include, to expand the category and include Maser Sheni. So then the question is, Umara Italavod Maser Sheni, Lotzi Bikurim. That sounds very arbitrary. Why are you coming to include one thing that can only be eaten in Yerushalayim? I include Maser Sheni, which theoretically could be permitted to be eaten in anywhere in the world. Like Rabbi Elazar is going to say, and, and I, I exclude Bikurim that cannot. In other words, Bikurim will only always be able to be eaten in Yerushalayim. Okay? And there's no Bikurim that could be eaten outside Yerushalayim. But Maser Sheni, even Maser Sheni, so you might say, well, Maser Sheni also could be eaten anywhere in the world because if I redeem it, I can take the money, right? But then whatever I get in Yerushalayim all of a sudden has the restriction that it can't be eaten outside Yerushalayim. So, so any Maser Sheni in Yerushalayim is actually Maser Sheni that can't be eaten anywhere else because you, once it's in Yerushalayim, you can never redeem it, right? Ah, but he's going to tell you, like Rabbi Lazar, if the Maser Sheni becomes Tamei, you could actually redeem it even in Yerushalayim. Talmud Lomar lo tuchal seeto. When can you redeem it? When you're not, literally it means kilo tuchal seeto, meaning you can't carry it, so you're allowed to redeem it. And that would mean that you can only redeem it when you're outside of Yerushalayim. But he says, ve'en seet el achila. But the word seed can also mean consumption eating. Like when it talks about uh, the, uh, the the brothers getting the gifts from uh, Yosef, Right, it says, Masot, they got gifts. It means they ate food that he gave them. So what does that show you? In other words, what does that show you? That shows you that what? That, that even Maser Sheni that's in Yerushalayim, you might say, this Maser Sheni is already in Yerushalayim. There will never be a permission for me to take it outside of Yerushalayim and eat it. I have to eat it here. I'm only allowed to redeem when I'm outside of Yerushalayim. But if I'm in Yerushalayim, I can't. That's true up to a point. But if that Maser Sheni became Tamei, you would have to redeem it and buy a new one. So even that one has the possibility that one day it will be redeemed and you'll be able to take it out because it could become Tamei. So he says, there, but Bikurim will never have that. Bikurim will always have to be eaten only in Yerushalayim. So therefore, that's, that's the difference that he says. Now how do we know this bright does? So what does this bright to say? This bright says the reason why you can't have Bikurim as Matah is because it can't be eaten in any place. It can only be eaten in Yerushalayim. So who said that? But this bright is saying that Maser Sheni is okay for Matah. And Rabbi Yossi Aglili specifically said, no, Maser Sheni is not okay. Only Rabbi Akiva says Maser Sheni is okay. So what do you see from that? You see from that, Mancha Matlei Damar Maser Sheni, Nafikbe, who is the one who says Maser Sheni is okay for Matzah? For mata? Rabbi Akiva, and yet you see that even though this Brayta is obviously following the opinion of Rabbi Akiva because it's saying Maser Sheni is acceptable for Matzah, it's still using the drasha of Bechol Moshevotechem. Right? So, to exclude the Bikurim. So, what does that show you? It shows you that Rabbi Akiva, Shema Mina, Hadarbe. You see from this that Rabbi Akiva retracted his position before where he said that, oh, any species that's good for Bikurim, right? The, the problem was he said, oh, because Matzah cannot be Bikurim because Maror can't be Bikurim, right? So, he, he, he took that back. He said, you know, because that will lead to another problem, which is that then wheat and barley will never be able to be good for Matzah because they, there is something that there's Bikurim in it. You know, we, we, so we can't use it. So, therefore, he retracted that and he took Rabbi Yosef reason, which is that the reason why you can't use Bikurim is because they're not able to be eaten outside of Yerushalayim. Okay, that's, that's the conclusion. Now, Rabbi Yosef Rabbi Yosef himself, 
בעל ועוני יצא זה שאין נחלל בשמחה. We have a problem. Rabbi Yossi Aglili has a much easier route to prove that you can't use Bikurim. Why does Rabbi Yossi Aglili have to go looking for the fact that you're not allowed to eat Bikurim outside Yerushalayim? Didn't he just tell us before that anything that has to be eaten בשמחה cannot be used for matzah because it's לחם עוני, it's suffering. Right? So, Maser Sheni, why, why did he say you can't use it? Because it's, it's, it says, Lo imenu, That I didn't eat it in suffering. So therefore, same thing, Bikurim, you have to eat it besimcha. Right? Because it says, That's what it says at the end of Bikurim. So what? We're talking about the Kohen. We're talking about the Kohen that received it. So what's the problem? Yeah, just like when, yeah. When, that's what we're talking about. He can't eat it for matzah. Right, yeah. So, the reason why Rabbi Yosef Glili did not say Bikurim can't be Matzah because they have to be eaten Bissimcha is because he doesn't hold like that. He says, no, I hold like Rabbi Shimon. Once the Kohen receives the Bikurim, even if he's an Onen, he could still eat it. Not like Maser Sheni, where you can't eat it, Vaninut. Okay, Maita, Madarabanar. What's the reasoning of the rabbis that say that it has to be eaten Besimcha? Because it says that you're not allowed to eat in your gates all of these different things. It lists all of the kinds of things that you're not allowed to eat outside Yerushalayim. Vamar Mor, the master said, Tumat Yadecha. It says, Tumat Yadecha, which refers to Elo Bikurim. The eat cash bikurim le maser. And bikurim is compared to maser sheni. Ma laser asula onen. Just like maser sheni cannot be eaten by somebody who is mourning, or really an onen is more, you know, is right when the person passed away. Right? Af bikurim asula onen. So too bikurim can only be eaten by, uh, cannot be eaten by an onen. Verabishimon, truma karinu achmana. From the fact that the Torah calls it truma, kitruma, that means it's comparing it to truma, not maser. Ma truma, muter lonen. Af bikurim muter lonen. Just like a kohen, let's say, who is an onen. So his relative dies, he's allowed to eat truma, that's his food, right? So too, the bikurim is his food. As opposed to maser sheni, where the eating of the maser sheni is supposed to be an achilah shel simcha, it's a celebratory eating. So that's a different thing, right? So in other words, according to the chachamim, they compare maser sheni to bikurim. And they say, just like uh, maser sheni has to be eaten in joy, maser, so also bikurim has to be eaten in joy. And, the, and the Rabbi Shimon says, no, it's the other way around. Bikurim is like truma, it's a gift given to the Kohen. Once he gets a gift, he doesn't have to, it, 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 there's no restrictions on it. He can eat it whenever he wants. He doesn't have to only eat it for simcha. Okay, so the, so for Rabbi Shimon, but even though he doesn't believe in the Hekesh, in other words, the fact that Maser and Trumar mentioned in the Pasuk, he doesn't say, therefore I have to compare uh, Maser and, and Bikurim rather, or mention the Pasuk, doesn't mean I have to compare one to the other, fine. And he says, since it's called Trumar, that means he can eat it whenever he wants, but still it says in the passage of Bikurim, it's written, Simcha v'samachta v'cholatov. That you have to, that you have to celebrate with the Bikurim. How does he deny that? That's not talking about the eating of the Bikurim. That's talking about the time of joy when you have to bring the Bikurim. From Shavuot to Sukkot, that's when a person would bring Bikurim and Vikurim. In Masachet Bikurim, basically you learn that there's two things. There's Havaat Bikurim and there's Kuyat Bikurim, which means when you bring the Bikurim, the first fruits, you read the passage in Parashat Kitavo. 
right? Ve'ani de ve'amata l'fnei Hashem elohecha, Aramei ovei David, v'yad Mitzrayma, v'yagosham v'temeat, etc., etc., and and until the end. So that whole piece says kriyat bikurim is done if you bring the bikurim from Shavuot to Sukkot, because that's called zman simcha. It's a time of joy. However, me'achag v'ad Chanukah, which obviously is not in the Torah anyway, but meaning from Sukkot until winter time, basically, right? They're using Chanukah. So mevi ve'no koreh, he could still bring bikurim, but he can't read it anymore because it's not the right time. That's what it says v'samachta. It has to be brought bizman simcha, not achila bizman simcha. So what is the machloket basically simply said between Rabbi Shimon and the Chachamim? The Chachamim are saying Bikurim is like Maser Sheni, the achila has to be achila, a, a, a celebratory eating. The achila is bizimcha. According to Rabbi Shimon, no, the simcha is when you bring it. The person giving it is bizimcha. It doesn't mean that the person receiving it has to eat it at bizimcha. Once he receives it, that's it. He receives it, he can do whatever he wants with it. Right? Now, Tanu Rabbanan, the rabbis taught, Lechem, Oni, this is lechemoni means that it can't be that you scolded the the what they would do is they would they would put the flour in a uh, in scalding water and that was considered to like improve the uh, imp- it was it was considered to be a higher class thing or ashisha very large loaves very very large it says gluskag dola very very large. Uh, Matzot, you're not supposed to make because that's not lechemon. Maybe you should only use unrefined flour. Maybe you should use coarse flour. You shouldn't even sift it. Then you want to make real lechemoni. Real lechemoni is you don't even sift the flour. You just take it with all the bran and everything, and they just make it like that. No, you don't have to. Matzot, matzot, ribad comes to include that. No, it doesn't have to be that. Afilu kematzat kematzot shel shlomo. You can even have like the matzav shlomo, meaning very fine flour is okay, very very fine flour. But imken matamudam alechemoni. So what lechemoni kapteri? But chalut velashisha. You shouldn't make this this sort of scalded flour where you uh, where you first cook the flour in the scalding hot water and then you knead it into the dough, which was considered to be wow. very uh, special kind of uh, treatment. Or ashisha's very large loaves. How do you know that ashisha means a very chashuv, very significant loaf? When it talks about David HaMelech um, giving, the, uh, giving gifts to everyone, it says, it, it talks about the things that he gave to everyone. It says he gave them, he gave each person a loaf of bread, a piece of meat, and one ashisha. Okay, so that's, eshpar means one sixth of a, of a cow. Right, that's how much oh. meat he gives. A nice, nice piece of meat. Right, ashisha means echad mishab be'efa, one sixth of an efa, a lot of bread, a big, a big loaf. Right, upligad Shmuel. This is unlike Shmuel. Damar Shmuel ashisha garba de chamra. Shmuel said no. What it means, ashisha is a a, a jug of wine. Dichtiv, because it says oave ashishe anavim. Because it says that they love the ashishe anavim, which means that they love the jugs of wine. But the point, yeah. right? It already said lechem, right? So that that's, so Shmuel's makes a little more sense. But here, obviously, when they're talking about matzah, they mean ashisha to mean a kind of a uh, a kind of a large fancy loaf as opposed to a simple loaf. So the um, but but the, the the bottom line is that you're supposed to make it. The flour can be as good as you want, but you shouldn't make the uh, ex- extraordinarily large matzot, and you shouldn't make that are considered like not lechemoni and you also shouldn't make a uh, 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 you know do treatment to the flour like the boiling of the flour that makes it somehow you know a more uh, 
uh, considered to be a more refined type of a high class uh, type of a flour with this separate process. I guess the point is that like aside from sifting the flour, once you have the flour, so any other treatment you do to the flour is considered to be like excessive. It's going to be like luxurious, like somebody who, oh, they do this to the flour and that. Another thing before they before they make it into bread, it's already a sign of uh, of ashirut and not uh, and not uh, being lechemoni, uh, and so that's what that's what the conclusion. But I think it's it's interesting because we go through all of these bikurim and maser uh, sheni. It's not even though something could be a hundred percent kasher and a hundred percent allowed to be eaten. Not everything is allowed to be used for making the matzah. That was that was a conclusion.